It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another edition of Knox Talk. Today is Wednesday, the 17th of November, as we wind down football season and roll towards Thanksgiving. I am indeed Paul Sickman, and my co-host is always from Rocky Top, and the Ball Network is Brandon Parks. Hello, Brandon. Hey, Paul. Uh, it's November. It's busy. We've got something practically every night of the week, but it's a, a fun time in the sports industry, to say the least. Yeah, everything's happening at once. You're right. Turkey Day for most schools is the end of football regular season, and for much of the country, they don't wake up till basketball season until after New Year's. But for a bunch of schools who do not have major football programs, mid-November is huge, for this is the start of their biggest revenue season. And one of those schools is Radford University in the beautiful hills of Western Virginia, not too far away from you, Brandon. And the Highlanders are led on the revenue train by one of our good friends, John Zeitz, before joining Radford. John was at Virginia Tech working for your company, Brandon. Now he is completely uh, working for the university and in-house and focused on Radford, and he joins us here today. Welcome, Mr. Zeitz. Uh, thank you very much, Paul. Happy to be a part of the show today. Thank you, John. Let's start there. Um, Radford is kind of in the backyard of Virginia Tech. You were talking earlier um, off the air about how uh, about playing them in hoops last night. How do you get your clients and fans to focus on Radford uh, and basketball season at a time of the year where Brandon said there's something going on every night and a lot of it involves football? How do you get your folks to say, hey, it's basketball season, look at me? Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a challenge. There's a, a very big big brother, little brother type of syndrome here in uh, in the New River Valley, where Virginia Tech does dominate the the media and the attention for football season. Uh, Radford, you know, looks to kind of cut out its own small niche of uh, of its fan base and really making a push during bas- the beginning of basketball season. Uh, it's interesting in that a lot of our our fans are also you know we share fans between us and virginia tech we see the same people at hokey events as we do here at highlander events uh so a lot of it is uh trying to uh our fans basically trying to manage their time between supporting both programs which they they try to do as much as possible so uh for example for an event like last night with Radford going to Castle Coliseum and playing the Hokies in men's basketball is a huge win for us, even though it's not on our campus, because our fan, all of our fans, in one way or another, no matter who they were rooting for, were at that game. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's difficult because tech, uh, larger schools are being, uh, kind of a smaller school. You are always fighting for attention. Uh, not just from in your own industry, but also from sports in general or you know, anything that's in the area. Uh, oh, you know, for example, high school football also garners attention. Uh, uh, but the way that we uh, go after our fans or uh, sell to our fans is really for the beginning of basketball season. That's where our main focus is uh, in transitioning from the ending of football season and you know, get ready for basketball season and come out and support us. Do you guys, do you have, so it sounds like you you make a conscious effort to know when Virginia Tech is playing. You know, do they go go so far as to look at the football schedule, to look at Tech's 
maybe early season basketball schedule and schedule around it? Uh, we certainly try. Uh, it's it's difficult because it's the just lack of number of days in the in the calendar year for basketball. I mean, there's always going to be overlaps or days where we're playing on the same day as, say, Virginia Tech basketball or even football uh, for some of our fall sports. Uh, but uh, they they do we do make a conscious effort to try and get around it. Uh, but it's it doesn't always happen. Uh, and so when it does, we generally hope to play at least a, a few hours difference from when they're playing so that we can uh, capitalize best on our fan base. I'll jump in and ask this question because there is so much crossover between the uh, Radford and Virginia Tech fan. Do you see that as graduates of Radford becoming fans of the Hokies or is that a scenario where you've got Hokies graduates that have adopted Radford or, or is it a mixture, mixture of fans? I'm fascinated with how that, that dynamic works. Um, I think it's a little more on the, the first you were saying as far as uh, Radford fans uh, being fans of Virginia Tech as well and being able to support both teams. Uh, I would say on the other side of things, we have started seeing a shift a little bit for Virginia Tech graduates coming to work at Radford University uh, in, in, in various capacities and then becoming Highlander fans uh, through that association. Uh, but for the most part, I, I would say it's the other way around where they're kind of uh, uh, Virginia Tech fans in the first sense and uh, also supporting Radford at the same time. Uh, Brandon, I also wanted to say I uh, hope everything's going well in the Knoxville area since uh, it's been a long time, but I was uh, I got my start in minor league baseball with the Tennessee Smokies there in Sevierville. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> John. Uh, there's there's big stories, big stories right now, John, about the uh, Smokies potentially moving back to downtown Knoxville. Mm. Uh, and that's that is going through the approval process right now. Yeah, I, uh, I came in when they opened the new ballpark in Sevier County. So that was uh, for them to move it again 20 years later or so is uh, going to be tough for me to see. Mm. So, so John, I'd love to go down the uh, the Smokies ballpark for uh, you know an hour or so, but we uh, we want to talk to you about Radford. So I'm glad you guys took that uh, that detour, um, John. When you talk about Radford, what are the most valuable items on the Radford rate card? When you go out in the market, you say, "Hey, listen, I've got these whatever these are these jewels in my jewel box." What are the things when you when, that you have that you feel like are the most valuable? And if you can't give us revenue, that's fine. Just kind of tell us what they are. And do you? treat those a little differently i know you used to sell for virginia tech but now you're selling for radford do you treat those a little bit differently in terms of uh in terms of how you sell them do you try to always package them do you still do a one-off if someone says i want one of those things tell me about that yeah um so i would say as of the last couple of years our most our highly valuable items would be anything that is uh that shows as tv visibility uh you know, so for your traditional courtside LED, uh, even the inventory, the commercial inventory that we get from the Big South Conference Network through ESPN Plus, uh, those are a couple of key, really key elements for us because uh, we really market a lot, like most colleges do, I believe, in marketing to the fan base outside of the arena, 
even more so than, than ever has been done in the past, just for ease of being able to access games now through streaming services. Uh, so those that and, uh, and, and quite honestly, social media campaigns have become very, very popular and very valuable pieces of inventory for us here at Radford on maybe not as much as on a larger scale that the Power 5 schools can uh, provide with their audience, but on localized social media campaigns to drive uh, drive fans to local businesses has been very effective and, and an area where a lot of them have uh, really wanted to get involved with. Sure. So, so, John, with those two things, so let's say that you've got a you got a client that you want to package those two things together. You say, listen, I've got, I've got some TV visible signage and I've got a social media campaign. Uh, do you th- say to yourself, you know, I, I'm, I can only do, I've got whatever it is, 15 weeks of basketball season. I, I'm only going to be able to do three of these or five of these a year. And that's how you treat it. Yeah. Uh, I really like just kind of treat it with a, uh, the inventory that I have available for it, for sure. And, and it's not uh, anything that's of low or of a finite inventory like that, that is highly sought after is, is definitely packaged together. Uh, I would say back to your original question uh, there, I don't have a whole lot of, I don't get very many one-offs or uh, of someone who I just like, I just want this and nothing else. I'm generally making packages for, uh, for clients that are giving them the full scope of uh of different areas they can expose themselves to fans in, you know, like with uh, TV, signage, radio, things like that. It's generally a package type, uh, all-inclusive deal as opposed to a one-off. Right, and you have those those jewel items that you say, okay, in order for me to hit, I need a certain number of people that are going to be uh, five figures and six figures even, whatever that number is, you say, I'm going to hold on to these. You know, maybe it's a social media campaign and maybe it's uh, a multiple... Uh, minutes on my sideline maybe it's i uh so may, or maybe it's the, the the goal arms or the uh the stanchions those are the things that you're going to hang on to from a tv visible standpoint and then you're going to package everything in and just try to max it out yeah uh, generally if you were to take a look at uh, at the my tracking sheet of our largest partners uh where they are visible or where they have their uh their marketing elements or in our highest visibility areas by far uh so yeah i do uh, prioritize that and only really make them available to uh, the clients that are spending, you know, giving giving the spending money dollars that I'm looking for. Brandon, do you split your stanchions or do you sell them to the same person has both uh, has both ends? Uh, we stay consistent. Uh, so if, if you're on one end of the court on the stanchion, then you appear on the other end as well. And how many, I mean, you probably have, what is it, maybe you have 40 minutes of game action. Do you sell those in one-minute segments or two-minute segments or four-minute segments or varies based on client? Uh, on a game-by-game basis, we do it, we contract three minutes per game. Okay. Uh, so you get a minute and a half per half. Okay. And do you do the same thing, John? Uh, we are, uh, we're like two minutes Two minutes of uh, visible time, game time. So basically, one minute per half on our courtside LED. Okay, so you've got you've got twenty units to sell. That's courtside LED visible, and then you've got uh, your arms and your stanchions, and that's basically you combine that with your social media campaigns, and and that's where you're that's where you're going to drive all your revenue. Because you don't have do you have any other revenue driving sports, John, at, at Radford? Is basketball pretty much where you're putting all your eggs? Uh, basketball definitely does the bulk of the work. Uh, we. I do round out with our Olympic sports or uh, 
uh, basketball is our only revenue generating sport here at Bradford. The only one we have a, that we sell tickets for. Uh, baseball is a potential to start up with that in the spring, and we do pretty well with baseball. But uh, if I'm doing anything around our other sports, it's usually something that's going to be at the the remainder of our venues at Radford to give you a, a, a full complement of experience. Brandon, I want you to pipe in after I ask this question, because I think you, you're, you're, you, where you're doing right now is going to be valuable to this question. So I want to talk categories for just a second. Radford, just because of who they are and what they are, is going to be under the radar for some national brands. They're, you know, national brands are going to buy, you know, Power 5 schools or maybe Division 1, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm sure there are some national categories that you've been able to to leak in and, and take some money from. But, John, talk about some categories that maybe you do well in, or maybe talk about some categories that you don't do well in. And I'd be interested to hear you and Brandon talk about that. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting when you touched on that, uh, that, you know, Radford, we're, you know, we're, we're tough. When, like, a lot of people don't even know where Radford is. You know, you explained that we're in West, you know, Southwest Virginia, but we don't have the name Virginia in our name or anything. So, you know, identity wise, uh, it's tough for the national companies and really to, uh, to connect with us, especially with, uh, a power five school within 15 minutes away. Uh, you know, with that, we've, we've carved out and we've seen a lot of success, uh, in the, in the healthcare industry here in, in Southwest Virginia, we've got a, um, in Carillion Clinic, which is also very active with uh, our our friends at Virginia Tech around the corner, uh, they have come on board and they uh, really su- support a lot of local community uh, health type of um, initiatives that we do here at Radford. Uh, recently, we've also seen a tremendous growth in the grocery category uh, in more grocery stores in the area coming into the market. We've uh, uh, at Radford, we've been able to capitalize on that and have multiple partners in a category. When I first got here, we had zero and couldn't get one to even return a phone call from, which is a story for another time. And that, John, uh, that's Food City country, right? It is. Uh, uh, Food City is uh, has become a great partner for us uh, since coming into the marketplace. I know you guys do a lot of work with them down there in Tennessee as well. Yeah, good company. Yeah. Uh, and then also, uh, and Paul, you're probably pretty well versed on this. Uh, we we do very well with uh, with state agencies here in Virginia uh, in supporting uh, us being a state uh, university and receiving state funding. A lot of state agencies have partnered with us, uh, several of them on a pretty uh, significant level, in uh, marketing their services to Radford staff and and students uh, as a whole. So those are, uh, I would say, those are our three. Uh, largest categories that we have. Hmm. Yeah, and I'll jump in, Paul, if I can. The the courtside signage that we now have at basketball, I can tell you is the most valuable piece of inventory we have across any and all sports. Uh, and I think a lot of the evolution of the SEC network and the national TV coverage that the SEC basketball uh, conference delivers raise the awareness of TV view signage significantly for us. Uh, so we still, we, you know, we still primarily focus on, you know, those top 10 to 14 sports marketing type categories. When you look at who the partners are that we flow through there, I do think we, we have some, we have some more interest from national companies now, uh, primarily due to the SEC agreement and the national TV exposure that we get. 
but when you look at the national platform, a lot of these companies are focusing in on the top eight to 10 schools in the country that are doing the largest TV numbers. And that's where you'll see a lot of these consistent brands appearing at Duke, for instance, in North Carolina, but then also they're in Kansas and they're also at UCLA. Uh, and so they're buying these basketball dominant programs. Um, and, and then I would say then you've got a Kentucky included in that top layer. But then underneath that, there there's another list of schools, maybe a B list of schools that I feel like Tennessee falls into because we are playing in the SEC. And we also have that TV visibility that's driving up our numbers. Uh, and, and furthermore, Tennessee basketball over the last couple of years has been on a real uptick. So, so on that subject, kind of leading back to you, John, and then you guys can both answer the question. So the conference you know, is a big deal for both of you, right? Obviously, Brandon, you know, I, I, the words SEC is kind of like a curse word to me, but I hear it so often. But the, but <laughs> in your situation, um, John, you've got, you've got a conference that is, you know, when you have a conference tournament in your house, that's a big deal. Um, we can talk about that in a second. But from a conference spill standpoint, Brandon talked about how being just being in a conference spills him some money. Does being in the conference have any advantages for you guys in terms of whether it's the tournament or whether it's just having a conference-wide buy that sometimes lands on your desk? Yeah, it, um, it certainly does uh, help us monetarily, not as uh, on the same type of scope, I think, as the, the, like the SEC network or the SEC conference can provide. Nothing in life is that scope. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the Big South Conference uh, does, uh, and back to what something Brandon had mentioned when it came to the, the TV visible signage or your courtside LED being so valuable. Uh, once the, the Big South negotiated our deal with ESPN Plus, which, you know, they cover a multitude of a lot of different, you know, smaller conferences or even some of the, the Power Fives and everything, that put our, uh, our athletic events and basketball in particular onto a national stage that we really hadn't been on very much before. Uh, we could get the occasional ESPNU, uh, you know, Thursday night game on national TV based on how well we're doing in the conference. Uh, but we don't get a lot of national TV type exposure or games. Uh, so to be able to have it on a platform where anybody in the United States can can access the game if they have an ESPN Plus account is uh, was a big win for us. We didn't really know how it was all going to go out when they were gobbling up all, uh, you know, conferences like ours and America East or, you know, some of these all are small, uh, you know, one bid leagues for college basketball, but uh, it's become a really uh, solid area for us. Uh, and then also that's helped them put together some good conference deals that we get thrown, uh, you know, a few dollars and everything here and there uh, for, you know, for, for conference wide deals. But, so let's, uh, let's compare, it. let's compare the two of you guys. So, so, John, tell me, you know, look at your, if, if all of your revenue is a dollar, um, how many cents on that dollar comes from conference-wide spill? Two cents? Ten uh, cents? Probably two cents. Two cents. Okay, Brandon, you answer the question. So, how much, in, in, in your world, how much conference-wide dollar, stuff that you guys, that you and Steve didn't go get, how much of that falls off the truck for you out of your dollar? Ten to fifteen cents. Okay, interesting. Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's, that's something right there, right? I mean, that just, the fact that they're both coming in, um, yeah, you know, is, is interesting. And, the, and, the, and John, that would be, that would be a zero if ESPN plus was not a part of your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. That's the big driver. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So what, so going back to the conference tournament, what does the conference tournament mean? I, I think you guys 
the way they do it at the Big South is you have to be, do you have to be a top school, the top, I mean, you, are you the top seed as gets the host, or is there more to it? Uh, up until this year, this year is going to be the first year we actually have a neutral site in Charlotte uh, for the conference tournament. Oh, boy. Uh, but previous to that, uh, we, the top, the number one seed, if you finish, if you win the regular season, you host the conference tournament uh, at your home venue for as long as you are in in the tournament now, which got very interesting. Uh, as the number one seed for, I think for three years in a row, the number one seed lost in the in the semifinal game, and so then the highest seeding remain the highest seeding remaining, all of a sudden became the host of the final on ESPN, and usually had one day to turn the whole thing around. Uh, <laughs> okay. Which, wow. Which, Happened to Radford on two separate occasions, uh, so it's uh, we got to be very uh, very well versed in turning around and doing a uh, a conference championship and getting everything together in one day for the conference. Is that why you called me at dawn on a Monday and said, "Do you want to buy a, a sponsorship?" Yeah, just ask him. Uh, now it all makes sense. That's the, uh, yeah, that's yeah. probably that's the only reason I wasn't up late and doing other things at dawn. You know, when I call you or anything like that. No, Paul, that means he's an effective sponsorship marketing executive. I understand. I understand, and I and and the fact that I said no doesn't make it any any doesn't have any impact at all. I just I still like him. <laughs> uh, but when we did host, I mean, it, it meant it was a huge huge thing for for us. Um, Two years ago, we actually did win the regular season, and we hosted the first couple of rounds of the of the tournament. And in typical Big South fashion, unfortunately, lost in the semifinal, and then they had to switch the final to another venue. Uh, but just in those days where we were able to market the Big South Conference and conference tournament games in our home venue, and bringing in uh, fans that may uh, you know more than are just normal casual or you know are our hardcore basketball fans was a big win for us. So, so let's go there, John. So I'm sure you, you've been there long enough where you've seen your team win. You've seen your team go to the tournament. And I'm going to go back to that original question. And, and I'm sorry I keep asking revenue questions, but that's the fascinating part for me. And I'm probably Brandon as well. But you make the tournament, okay? Your team makes the tournament. And you get to play a tournament game. Uh, and tell me what that means on a dollar. Is that a five-cent bump? Is that a 10-cent bump? Or is that just a 20-cent 20 cent bump forever because Radford has established who they are and it helps you the following year. What is what is winning your conference for a school like Radford mean to you revenue revenue um, wise um, you, just by getting in that tournament and playing a 16 versus a one? Yeah, uh, I mean, I still remember it was the 2018 season, I believe, when we we won the conference tournament and went to the went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, the fact that we did that on our home floor as well in front of our fans was also, uh, you know, just an added bonus to to getting in. Uh, and I mean, Paul, for a for a for a team like us in a league like ours that is a one bid league, where you it's you've got to win the conference championship or you're not making it because you're there just aren't any lar at large bids to be had into the tournament. Uh, it's immeasurable. I mean, like people are still talking about. Uh, that game and the shot that Carly Jones hit at the buzzer that sent us into the tournament uh, for years. And they probably will keep talking about it uh, throughout the rest of their lifetimes because it was such an exciting moment. Uh, and then to when we went to the tournament, we, we were placed in the first four uh, in the Dayton, uh, to go to Dayton for on a Tuesday night 
for the opportunity to play Villanova if we won. Uh, so we got some, you know, some additional exposure out of playing in a winnable game in the tournament. Uh, winning that one over uh, Long Island, I believe it was, and then going to uh, going to Pittsburgh and playing Villanova, who eventually was a national champion that year. Uh, the exposure we got out of that, both as a university and an athletic department and our basketball program is was beyond measure. Uh, and, you know, we, to see the Radford logo uh, on, you know, on Selection Sunday on CBS when they're doing the selection show, to see it on everybody's brackets that they're selecting, even though, you know, they're basically picking Villanova and, you know, <laughs> in every case, but, uh, you know, we're there. It's a, it's, it, it gave a lot of validity to the university and exposure to the university that they just, they were blown away with. They just didn't quite understand how much uh, the being in the NCAA tournament can do for your university as a whole. John, that's what it's all about. Uh, to, to win that tournament bid on your home court television audience, to be that uh, Cinderella, to be able to dance into the tournament um, you think about what that, what, and you mentioned it, what it means to you guys from a brand nationally. Um, it's about as good as you could draw it up. Yeah. Um, and Paul, into the revenue side of things for, uh, for that year, that particular year when we made the tournament, we did our sponsorship sales were pretty strong. But then the following year, when we pretty much brought the entire team back, uh, we had a, uh, I believe we had a 25 to 30% increase in overall revenue wow. going into the next year. That's just awesome. Out of, wow. out of expectations of what was going to happen. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon and I are, we, we watch every Tuesday or Wednesday night for the college football playoff um, show and we don't see our logos ever. Um, ever. And, and so ever. we're still waiting for that 25% bump um, for, for either of our schools. But, you know, so we understand your uh, relative joy at seeing your school at some point, um, which it's been since 2000. What, when's the last year, um, Brandon, that your team was, uh, um, on the playoff show? I don't know if we've ever been on the playoff show. Okay. I think it was the uh, same the year that in the current format. <laughs> I mean, we played in the first ever BCS national championship. And I think, I think I don't remember that game at all. So let's not go there. No, you don't. We, I'll be glad to walk you through it. <laughs> I think you remember the, the the following year though, Paul, when uh, it was uh, I think when they played. Yeah, that one's clearer. They played Virginia Tech. I remember that one much much clearer. That's a that's a better memory <laughs> of uh, the second. Yeah, all the that's all flooding back. Thanks. Let's go there, John. Um, anyway, <laughs> John, I I just appreciate you and what you do. Um, I think you know selling for Radford uh, is is a unique challenge um, that you do very very well, uh, and you have you know from our history you've always. Uh, made our clients very important. I think one of the things that is unique about working with a small school is how much kind of spill you can get with that property. Um, sometimes people forget that just because Radford uh, does only has a basketball program, that they also have a huge number of students. Um, they're a state school. They have, you know, they, they have a lot of influence over their alumni. It's just not a national stage every week like Power Five schools are. But from a sponsorship standpoint, you can do amazing things. Um, for your sponsors because you have the wherewithal to do them. And then secondarily, you're in-house, which means, and, and you've worked on both sides of that fence. So I'm going to let you finish there um, talking about your transition because you were selling for uh, IMG Learfield when they were 
um, when they were the rights holder at, at, at Radford, and now you've gone in-house, and now you're handling it um, as part of a, as a Radford employee. So I'll let you finish there about how that maybe has been a difference for you, and then I'll let Brandon uh, wrap up, and, and we'll get out of here. But go ahead, John. Yeah, and uh, and thanks, Paul. I've uh, you know you know we met uh, where we we got introduced to each other you know back in my Virginia Tech IMG days. Uh, you know, as a as a Hokie graduate, it was uh, I'd loved absolutely loved selling for Virginia Tech and and doing what I was doing uh, for IMG. Uh, it's what I really love here about being here at Radford or making the transition to a smaller school like Radford is. Uh, you know, we're yeah, we're not getting in the dollars and the big the big uh, the big buys and everything that uh, the power fives and everything are getting or even mid majors. But every dollar that I bring in and everything I do for on the sponsorship end of things for Radford Athletics is just so much more highly valued by everybody around here. And it makes uh, it just a, a palpable and, and noticeable difference difference for the student athletes. Uh, here within our athletic department and it's everything is so appreciated uh, any exposure that can be gained for the athletic department that I can assist with is uh, just so highly valued so there's there's that uh, there's just that feeling that uh, that what you're doing is is even though it's not as, as high as a dollar amount it's just so much more effective for for the for the university huh. Uh and I love that's one of the part of the jobs of this particular position that I love so much. Yeah, uh, being being valued is a big deal, and and yeah, and having and I you know Brandon and I have heard the statement a thousand times. Everyone has smaller the dollar, the louder the holler, and if, the reason is is because when people have small budgets, it, traditionally that's all their budget. Right? They, they they give you everything they have, and so you have to translate those small dollars, uh, and a very valuable part of that company's resources because it's probably all the marketing budget or a big percentage of their budget because you're doing that kind of work and you're killing it for them and then they come back and they really appreciate you for what you did and you and they and you're able to really impact them brandon anything else for uh for john before we let him go no i'm just gonna say thanks john for being on today i think your perspective uh and the work that you've done one you know at virginia tech but but now at a smaller place uh is pretty fascinating to discuss uh, and we've talked about this on other podcasts. Uh, this is a small industry. College sports marketing uh, does not have uh, tens of thousands of people out there doing this every day. And it's, so it's, it's a small fraternity of people that get to do it. And I, I think we all share a passion for college sports. Um, but the one thing that we can say for certain, whether you're at a small school, medium size or big school, uh, there is a passionate fan base uh, that comes with each one of these sports properties, uh, which certainly makes it uh, a marketing opportunity for companies, uh, but then also a fulfilling way to, to earn a living. And so, John, it's been great to learn more about uh, what, what you're doing there and, and certainly wish you guys all the best. And come March, hopefully we'll see another one of those uh, Cinderella moments. Yeah, the Highlander logo. On, uh, yeah, maybe we'll 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 see you match. We'll be matched up with uh, with one of your two with your one of your two schools. You know, uh, down the road sometime. We're we're always happy to uh, to travel and uh, for a pay to play game if you need it. <laughs> Brandon, make that happen. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, John. So, on behalf of Brandon Parks, I'm Paul Sickman with Knox Sports, thanking you for listening to another edition of Knox Talk. See you for now. Mm-hmm.